Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for our sermon is written in the second epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of our Lord. We heard that Jesus Christ is God over all creation and he commands it. He rules over it. We heard in our Old Testament lesson in Job that sometimes the things that are going on behind the scenes in creation, God knows so much. He knows every thought of yours, every thought of mine, and he knows how to rule over creation for our best. And Sometimes we just simply can't handle. Our brains are too puny to comprehend everything that's going on. Sometimes when we ask why, the answer is simply answered by verse 19 of our text. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. Because Christ died for our sins, it means when hard things come in our lives, when the waves crash against us, when things are falling apart, it is not God giving us punishment for our sin. The punishment for our sin is hell. Christ, true God, suffered in our place. He offers it to the entire world. And in spite of the things that go on in this world, yes, God allows us at times to suffer consequences of our sin to empower us so that we don't embrace it. Sort of like letting a child feel the heat of a stove so they don't actually touch it and burn it. But we have this message because it seems to be the opposite, and we're messengers. Now, what's a messenger? Well, you think of a mail person, right? They put the message, your letter, in your mailbox. If they don't, they have failed. If the messenger comes in the old days and and opened up the scroll and read the message to you, he's done his job. But if he added to it, if he took away from it, he failed. A messenger was to report the message. And God has made you messengers. But if we listen to verse 20, we find out we have a little bit more leeway than that. Verse 20 tells us, if you allow me to translate the inspired Greek in my own translation, therefore we are ambassadors on Christ's behalf, in Christ's place, with the result that God is summoning through us. We keep on pleading on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. And so we arrive at our sermon theme today. You are God's ambassador. Whether you're a person who's just come to faith, just come to realize that Jesus suffered the punishment for your sins and you're saved, or whether you have known this for 30 to 70 years, you're an ambassador. You're a representative. God has given you that privilege. 
So what do we do as an ambassador? Well, we make that plea, be reconciled to Christ. And making that plea, representing Christ, means proclaiming his death. The apostle in the section prior to this had explained that he and and the evangelist apostle Paul, they, they faced persecution all the time and were being chased out of towns and everything else. Why would you do that? Why would you tolerate that? And he explains that in verse 14. He says, in fact, Christ's love presses us on. We often translate it as constrain. The Greek word that he used under inspiration is one of actually pressing you together with the task. Christ's love for you is what makes you want to be and his ambassador. It's what made the Apostle Paul and the others hold to the task and proclaim that word, be reconciled to God who has become a man to reconcile you to himself. So he says, in fact, Christ's love presses us on who have reached this conclusion looked at the evidence from the scripture and arrived at this conclusion that Christ died in place of all, therefore everyone died. Boom, period. There it is. All. How do we know he's talking about the whole entire world, everybody of all time? Well, we'll get to that at verse 19 that makes it very clear. Jesus has died. God became a man to live in our place so that we do not have to go to hell. A free gift God freely gives to us. Not something that we earn. We don't have to pretend to be good enough or do the right things, lock ourselves in a closet and say, now I'm your Ricky Cure while banging our heads into a brick wall or something. No. Nothing other than Christ did it. Free gift he offers to the world. And we're told in verse 15, and he died in place of all so that those who are alive may no longer live for themselves, but instead they may keep on living in his place who died and was raised. We're going to get to that a little later on in the sermon. Christ's death gives you life. When the hard times of life come, and to your neighbor, to your friend, or even to yourselves, you're Christ's ambassador. You can say, God is using this for my good. How do I know? Because he took on our human flesh and lived in our place so that we may have life. Not just temporal life, eternal life, forever in him. And if we skip ahead to verse 19, the Apostle Paul under inspiration says, what happened was this, that God was, the Greek says, within the boundaries of Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And the word used for reconciling in the Greek means to take somebody who has been your enemy and make them your friend. We are conceived, mean, lean, God-hating machines, and left to ourselves, all we can do is sin against God. But praise be to God, only within the boundaries of Christ, not our works, not the pretty things we say or do, Christ. Christ has done all the work. We're reconciled only within Christ. Anything that steps right outside of that has stepped outside of how we're saved. So we cannot treat Christianity as an all-you-can-eat buffet where you go, "Mm, I like this part, but I'll mix in a little bit of Confucius over here and a little bit of Islam over there. Every religion, man knows outside of what the Bible truly teaches, teaches that you earn salvation. It is not a gift. 
It is a gift to us within the boundaries of Christ. This is what makes the Bible different. And with only within the boundaries of Christ, God becoming a man, living in our place, dying in our place, only the death of God could atone for all of our sins. Only with him are we taken from being God's enemies to God pronouncing us as his friend. When we trust in that salvation, Scripture tells us in other passages, we're not just his friends, we're his children. But he did this for the whole world, and the apostle explains how that is, resulting in not counting their trespasses against them, and he placed in us this message of reconciliation. Christ suffered for us. When God looks at our sins, he sees Christ was paid for those sins in the full. We translate the one word as trespasses. Greek has a dick, calls it actually our missteps because it's, there's a boundary line. That's the Ten Commandments, right? Here it is. Don't go past this. And in our sinful nature, we go, that's a sin. But what about those times? You and I as believers, we don't mean to. But we're looking here, and in that sinful nature, we all have those pet sins that we struggle with. We don't want to, but for some reason, we're especially weak against them. And just a little nudge, and oh, we just accidentally step over the line. He died even for those accidental, unintentional missteps. So that when God looks at the world, he sees Christ's righteousness. So why is it that so many go to hell? Because... God gives it as a gift and they say, no, I don't want it. They want something outside of the boundaries of Christ. They want to earn it. They don't want to look and see, Lord, I'm worthless before you, but your son has given me the greatest treasure and made me your child, made me of great worth in and of Christ, not of myself. He offers it to the world, but it's through faith, the Holy Spirit living in our hearts that we actually cling to it. There's only one thing that damns you to hell. Whether tomorrow is Judgment Day or, or not, when we die, or when Judgment Day comes, whichever comes first in our lives, it's this simple. If the Holy Spirit's in your heart, you're clinging to Christ. You have, by that faith, received that. If the Holy Spirit's not there, you are in a state of having rejected. And so you are Christ's ambassadors. You proclaim his death for the world to the world. So that the whole world may have that faith. In verse 21, the apostle says, He made the one who did not know, and it's kind of interesting, the Greek word used for know is through experience, through having done it. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin in our place. See, Jesus is true God. He knows all things. He knows what sin is, but Jesus has never sinned. He was perfect in our place. As true God, he could not fall. As true man, he is our substitute. He never did sin. He knows what it is, but he never did it. And God put sin on him, and Jesus suffered the punishment for us in our place. And we're told so that we, on our part, may become the righteousness of God, again, within the boundaries of Christ. In God's eyes, you are righteous. When he looks at you, he sees Christ's righteousness. Our righteousness is only within the boundaries of Christ. God looks at Christ. He sees your sins, even your little missteps, paid for in full. He looks at you. He sees Christ's righteousness. When he looks at Christ, he sees your sins have been paid for, have been atoned for. So that brings us to the second part of our sermon. 
how that righteousness comes through us. I promised you in verse 15 I'd say more. And, and, and so let's reread verse 15. He says, He died in place of all so that those who are alive may no longer live for themselves, but instead they may keep on living in place of Him who died and was raised. Faith is new life. Christ died to purchase and win you. to Wash away your sins. And when you know, when you have that faith, Christ died in your place, so you live in Christ's place. Christ was approximately 33 when he offered himself up, was put to death on the cross. But he lives through you as the branch is to the vine. He lets his righteousness be seen through that new person that he's created in you. Yes, we have that sinful nature that's still with us that fights against this. When you are Christ's ambassador, he is living through you. When your neighbor sees Christ's righteousness shine through you, and the Holy Spirit just makes this happen, Christ is living through you. You are living in Christ's place. You have become his substitute as he was your substitute. An ambassador is a representative, a substitute. So the Apostle Paul tells us in verse 16, So then from that time forward, we have, and the word he knows for knowledge here is to have seen, perceived, no one in a fleshly way. Even if we've known Christ in a fleshly way, but instead we now no longer keep on knowing this way. What do he say? We translate, the NIV, our text translates this in a worldly way. We don't look at people and judge them. Oh, I'll share, I'll be an ambassador for Christ to you because you make enough money. Or you work the right job. You're pretty enough. Or you're, you're the right height. Or No. It goes to all. Christ died for the sins of the whole world. We are his ambassadors. We treat the whole world because God loves them. Everybody is precious to him. And we have the privilege not to discriminate skin color, whatever, sins they struggle with that we don't or we struggle with that they don't. No. With everybody, we point them to where salvation is found, our Savior who died in our place. This is one of the ways that we live in his place. And so we're told, uh, the apostle points out that even if we had known Christ in a fleshly way, Paul had persecuted the church. He saw Jesus die, seemed like just a man, right? Hang, die naked on the cross. He was persecuting, he was killing Christians. But he says, now that I've been brought to faith, I don't even judge Christ that way. I, I see what worldly eyes cannot see. This was the God-man. He wasn't railroaded. He gave his life in our place. So we live for him. We no longer judge in that way. We share the word with everybody. So we're told in verse 17, So then if someone is within the boundaries of Christ, then he is a new creation. How do you know you're saved? Well, do you know Christ has died for your sins? Then you're saved. That new man is in you. You are a new creation. That creation lives in Christ. And we're told the old has passed away. That sinful nature that fights against it. He knows he's dead. Fighting a losing battle. The old has passed away. Notice the newest come. I miss the old King James Version. Behold. Maybe in English today we just bold the words if we were printing this. Behold. The new has come. You are a new creation. You now live that righteousness of Christ living through you. Shining through you. So we're told in verse 18. Now all these things are from God. Everything we've discussed in this text. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who gave to us this service of this reconciliation. So let's apply this to you in your daily lives very quickly. 
God actually has called you to do your vocations. There are many vocations. Sometimes we think the only way we can serve the Lord is if we were to quit and run off and join a seminary or something like that. No. God plants you and uses you right where you're at. Your jobs, your neighbors, your friends, your family. You are alive in him and his righteousness shines through you. So your friends and families, if they want to know how to be saved, that righteousness is a beacon that says, Hey, come talk to me. I'm Christ's ambassador. You have the privilege of being able to proclaim the law specifically to that person according to what they specifically need to hear, showing them their sin. But you don't do it to browbeat them and smack them around. You do it so that you can show them where the sin is removed. Christ died for the world. God has called you in your daily lives, uses you there. There you live as his substitute, providing that service and letting that righteousness shine through. So we've seen today, you are Christ's ambassador. You proclaim his death for the world, to the world around you, in the natural circumstances God has placed you. By doing so, you are proclaiming the life you have in him. It's shining out. Amen. And now the peace which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.